fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolf Pack, what's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves here. Looking at your week three usage recap, getting into all your risers and fallers based on all the important snap counts, usage trends, depth chart movement, player explosions, all that good stuff. We're going to dive into and tell you what you need to know from week three. So come on in, Wolfpack. We're going to definitely give you everything you need. And I want to make sure to pump right at the top. We're going to have a buy low, sell high, trade value chart. All that great stuff comes right at rotostreetjournal.com. Again, you can find all that great content. And for the first time ever, this is presented by Prediction Strike, the first ever sports stock market to do it. These guys are a great way to take this advice from this stream, from the trade value chart, from the expected fantasy points, all the great stuff we're doing, and make some actual money investing in the different players. In future streams, you'll hear us go more into their player prices, things of that nature, but I wanted to get them on your radar now. It's an awesome company, great app that I suggest every single one of you checks out because it's very, very user-friendly and you can make some real money. I already have cleaning up after one week on there. So check that out. Prediction Strike will reference them throughout this show. But let's get on in to every meaningful stat, every meaningful usage trend from week three. Starting at quarterback, and there's not a ton of quarterbacks, usually every week, but especially this week, there's not a ton of guys to dive into. But I did have to mention Justin Herbert exploding. Finally, the guy that you thought you were going to get throughout this year, 281 and Four touchdowns coming in a 30-24 to 24 shocking week three win over the Chiefs. He also rushed for 18 yards on four carries. You don't really care about that. You care about the TDs. You care about the 38 pass attempts. You care about the fact that they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and actually took them down. This offense is looking great under Joe Lombardi. We hadn't had that explosion for Herbert quite yet. This is what we were all looking for. Awesome to see. Similarly, Josh Allen also exploding. 43 pass attempt, completing 32 of them for 358, four TDs, no picks. Also adding a touchdown on the ground. A beastly 35-point fantasy day for Josh Allen. Right back there, rest of season-wise, in your top three quarterbacks because of games like this. And that's against a Washington defense that's supposed to be pretty stiff against all the positions. Intriguing usage, intriguing, promising trend there for Josh Allen. Meanwhile, the other quarterbacks, big faller here, Justin Fields. Oh, thought he was going to be a cheat code. Now he's made of the stuff of cheat codes. Again, the 446 speed, the fastest 40 time among QBs of all time, besides RG3. Um, and and of course Michael Vick. So yeah, he's got the Konami upside. He's got the cannon arm, the deep accuracy, all that good stuff. He should be a fantasy cheat code. But you also do need the play calling. And I'm not going to sit here and say it was all perfect for Justin Fields. He would have been better with the right play caller this week. But Matt Nagy is a moron. He did not use this guy at all as a runner. Didn't roll him out, get him moving in his legs. And ultimately, an embarrassing 68 yards on the uh, passing, 12 yards on the ground. Just pathetic performance from Justin Fields, killing owners who, myself included, I recommended people start him. 
he did awful. I started him, did awful. Ruined some weeks for me wherever I used him. I still think it's worth stashing. Maybe. I, I don't know if I have faith in Nagy. I have faith in Justin Fields long-term, certainly in Dynasty. But this year, if Matt Nagy's not going to play to his strengths, it almost seemed like he wanted to prove that Justin Fields wasn't the right call to start early on. I don't know. It was a pathetic game plan, a pathetic performance. Uh, Cleveland's a pretty good defense, but still, you expect more than this from Justin Fields. So pretty nervous about him moving forward. And as I see Wolfpack, nine questions already in. Get them all in, especially if you have Monday Night Football. Sit starts. Thumbs up helps us get out to more people, likes, shares, retweets. For some reason, Twitter is kind of weird sharing out stuff right now. So the more you can help get these things out here, the better it will be and, and much appreciated. It's a new system going on with StreamYard. We're not reaching quite as many people as we're used to. So please do us a solid. Get us out there to more people. I did want to mention Trevor Lawrence, just disgusting. I, he don't even need to be rostered. That's part of why I'm mentioning him at this point. 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, just gross stuff, 27 yards on the ground. Whoopee. Awful garbage stuff. Just cut the guy if you were hanging on to him. I don't know why you would have been at this point, but useless performances. Even worse, we were down on him entering the year. We were like minus eight ECR. He's even worse than we were expecting being so low. In fact, I'd almost rather own Taylor Heineke of the Washington football team. Yeah, only 212 yards, two TDs, but he did add a touchdown on the ground. He loves to dive for that pylon. He's fantastic in the red zone when he gets in there. And so I'm talking more deep league, like two QB leagues. He's surrounded by playmakers, though. You saw it on the Gibson 70-yard touchdown. You got Terry McLaurin. You got some beasts around this guy. So when he gets easy matchups like week four against the Falcons, this guy can do some damage. He can do some fantasy magic here. So I like Taylor Heineke as a potential ad. We'll dive into waiver wires again next uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. He's certainly going to be one of my favorite quarterbacks, despite a nondescript performance. And then other than that, you know, Kirk Cousins, just again, steady, safe, two, 323 yards, three touchdowns. They did all come in the first half, but still, the guy's a beast. He's averaging nearly 40 pass attempts per game. It's up from last year because the defense is continuing to get worse and worse. Derek Carr also has now thrown for 300-plus yards in seven straight games dating back to last year. He leads the NFL in passing right now. Who Never imagined in a million years if you guessed who's leading the league in passing. It would be Derek Carr. But the guy is slinging it. He's going deep. Uh, at this point, 15-plus yard throws. He leads the NFL in those. So this isn't the same old conservative Raiders attack that was just gross and ugly to be a part of. He's pushing it downfield and making fantasy magic happen. So I really like that for Derek Carr. Moving forward now to running back risers. Got to say, Saquon Barkley, we've mentioned him as a buy low last week on this show and throughout the week. I hope you did it. Yes, I get it. 16 carries, 51 yards, not the best, most efficient performance. Did score on the ground. What I also love to see, though, the receiving uptick. Six receptions, 43 yards. He played 86% of the snaps, 80% route participation, 16 of the 19 carries, seven targets. That was over 20% target share. You love to see all that. He's rounding into form. The more and more he trusts that knee, gains that explosiveness, the more these games with this type of usage are going to get back to the Saquon of old, especially with Daniel Jones. Again, the Giants continue to blow games. They continue to suck. But Daniel Jones does look a bit better from years past. I am so intrigued by Saquon Barkley. And I still think, you know, at 50, a good game, 18 fantasy points, like that might be the floor at this point. So I really think you should be hammering this guy uh, more on the buy low. What about James Robinson? 15 times, uh, rush attempts, 88 yards, one TD. A big bounce back performance from this guy, given how crappy his year has been. 
He hauls in all six of his targets for 46 yards as well. That was the most intriguing part of this, seeing 19% target share. If he's going to be involved like that when they're trailing and news break, they're going to be trailing pretty much every single game they're in these, this awful, awful Jaguars team. So I really liked to see that promising usage. Uh, James Robinson has been a top five in yards per carry yet again this year. He's been efficient just like he was last year. The usage just wasn't lining up. I guess the one concern is he did drop from an 84.6% rushing share to 652 this week. Still, though, very promising performance. The fact that it wasn't just game flowed out and that he was seeing so much receiving work is exactly what you want. I think he's a solid high-end RB2. Not high-end, maybe getting a little aggressive there. But he's rising big time on the rest of the season. Big board. Aaron Jones. And remember, some of this is like Aaron Jones is already number three on the big board. He's not rising that much. But I'm just going to give you some stats that are important and show you why he's up there. 19 carries. Bam. 82 yards. uh, 149 yards over these last two weeks. The guy's killing it. Now, he only had one TD after scoring four last week. So what a disappointment. I only had two targets for 14 yards. But just such a nice floor baked into Aaron Jones moving forward seeing a ton of the routes compared to last year when Jamal Williams would steal a ton of those. It's very intriguing, but more intriguing as a receiver at the running back position, leading the NFL in week three targets. Najee Harris, 19 freaking looks. You kidding? Now, he doesn't look amazing. In fact, he's like sub-60 at receiving grade from PFF. I don't care if he's getting this much work. Calls in 14 of them for 102 receiving yards. Just bananas performance. Yes, it was the perfect storm. No Deontay Johnson. No Juju getting hurt so early. Still, it's just incredible to see that this guy could be such a magnet for this type of workload. Looking at inefficient, you know, 14 carries, 40 yards, didn't find the end zone. So like there are concerns here. And I might even recommend, dare I say, like Salvis, you could hammer. This guy just saw 19, you know, targets. My God, he's an every down, just monster. And he is, he's an every downer. Monster might be a stretch, though, because he doesn't look all that efficient with this volume. I don't think it continues to be quite as high as we're seeing right now, especially when Deontay Johnson returns, the target magnet the last couple of years. So I, I I would be selling this performance, to be honest, but still encouraging. If you own him and you, and you don't feel like moving him, you love to see this type of involvement from Najee Harris. Uh, it is actually the second highest target total from a running back, uh, courtesy J.J. Zacharyson on this one since targets became uh, recorded in 1992. Kamara had 20 target game once in 2018, uh, 32.8% target share. That's pretty wild stuff. You got to mention Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the running back risers list, though. Sure, he fumbled again. That was pretty frightening. But he still saw 17 carries, 100 yards, um, ultimately scored through the air, nine yards and a TD on two catches. You'd think he would get sent right to the bench because he fumbled second in the quarter. It did get, you know, Daryl Williams a little bit more involved. 19 touches for Clyde compared to 10 for Daryl Williams. 62% of the snaps for Clyde, 34% for Daryl. So he was a little more involved than weeks past. But still, we saw the best Hilaire we've seen yet this year. The team, most importantly, did not turn him to the bench after this last fumble. And he had a good game. I mean, he had a solid, promising game, particularly scoring on that 10-yarder. was nice to see him evolved in the red zone on a screen like that. One of the bigger fallers, though, in my opinion, it has to be Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah, he looked really good on his 10 carries, 64 yards. That's a nice yard per clip. You know, eight-yard catch on one reception. The guy looks, uh, Taylor looks every bit as good as the guy we saw last year. So I don't want to say you got to plummet him down your rankings, right? But some definite concerns. Naeem Hines had 56% of the snaps compared to 48 for Jonathan Taylor. He's still 
that susceptible to game flow. And this is without Marlon Mack being in, you know, active. He was in healthy scratch this week. That might be a positive for Jonathan Taylor. To, to one of the rare things you could take away as a positive, but he was out snapped more fantasy points. Also going to Naeem Hines, 25 carries and a TD 54 yards on six targets, five catches and all of the red zone work. That's kind of the most concerning part was they took Taylor out after he's been struggling at the red zone. I wonder if this is a one week nightmare, but still, that's the biggest concern. You take out your stallion, this goal line hammer for Naeem freaking Hines. Oh, God. Maybe a buy low, but to me, with Wentz's struggles, with that line being banged up and just not that great this year, I'm nervous on Taylor. I think this is the point where you see, what can I get for this guy? And, and quote, unquote, sell low. I know you're not going to be getting what you paid preseason for, but you're going to be getting something because it's still Jonathan Taylor. And I'm not convinced that this is going to be a massive rebound at any point, despite loving this talent. Just mentioning that the Ravens running backs remain completely useless. Latavius Murray, seven carries, led the way, 28 yards. Woo. Then we had five rushes for 22 yards, four Tyson Williams. Devonta Freeman also mixing in for 16% of the snaps. We did see Williams lead the way with 50% of the snaps, but barely any usage. Uh, This is definitely a nightmare after Williams had 77 yards, 13 carries. He's been, uh, still remains one of the better yards per carry guys in the NFL, but the team is not going to him at all. He goes from 42.9% of the running back rushes and 13.8% team target share to then 52 last week, you know, bumping up 8% target share going down a little bit to now just 33.3% rushing share, 3.7% target share, a nightmare. Tyson Williams looks the best, but it doesn't matter because they're not using him. And I think this is disgusting, but Zach Moss, this Bill's backfield, maybe just maybe carving out a meaningful enough role, 13 carries, 60 yards, three catches, 31 and a touchdown getting the money touches in terms of the receiving work, in terms of the goal line work, and now touching Singletary. You did get the start, 13 uh, to 11 on the ground, three catches to one for Singletary, and he also found the pay dirt. So it seems to me, and they've always seemed to prefer Moss if and when he's healthy, despite Singletary being the preseason monster he was. If there's a guy to own here, it seems to be Zach Moss. It seems like the team is much more confident on this guy. I don't think it's going to matter again too much, because Josh Allen is that goal line monster. He's the guy that's pounding it in more often than not. But still, it's intriguing, especially after Singletary. 11 carries, 26 yards, one catch, zero yards. Just a gross, pathetic day. I think you can cut him for sure. 43% of the snaps for Singletary, 56% for Moss. And one other running back I do want. There's a couple of backfield shares I want to mention, but one that's a complete and utter workhorse is David Montgomery. Now, the question is, does workhorse matter if you're doing nothing with it? But let's go through it. 30 of the last 32 running back carries, 35 of the last 39 running back touches, 47 of 60 running back routes, 18.3% target share, 100% of the backfield touches in week three. I mean, he is the only guy getting the ball. The thing is, does that matter when it is such an embarrassment of an offense right now, this Chicago Bears team? I'm leaning towards no. So I I don't want to downgrade him so bad because the final stats, you know, 34 yards on the ground, 21 yards through the air, two catches. <laughs> All the running back work doesn't matter if it's going to be this inefficient because he's in such a horrible attack. Now, granted, next weekend gets Detroit. Should smash them. Great spot for him to rebound. But uh, maybe a buy low in that sense that he should smash next week. I would check his price on prediction strike because he's going to continue these last few weeks to go down and down in terms of people wanting to sell him, in terms of his uh, projections not meeting them. I think this is a week he smashes his projection. You see that price come skyrocketing upwards. The Jad, the Cardinals running back, just another gross situation. 11 carries, 26 yards, 
seven of eight targets, 49 yards for Chase Edmonds. Still that clear receiving guy. Definitely, if they're in behind, they're going to be the main option here in a shootout game. But then when they get up, James Conner, 11 carries, 43 yards, and not one but two touchdowns. That's hideous for Chase Edmonds. He had a shot at the goal line for one, did not pound it in. They then went to Conner, who finished off the job. I think Connor's still cuttable. I cut him in leagues this week. I know the touchdowns, you make that look like a bonehead move. But to be honest, it's touchdown or bust with this guy. It's like your worst tight end nightmare type of thing. So I'm not into Connor. I'm not buying this big bounce back performance. He's suddenly going to be heavily involved. This was against the Jags. This is the one or two times you could have potentially had him in your lineup. I'm not I'm not into this. Watch what happens as the Rams this week. It's going to be pathetic. Austin Eckler, though, continues to climb up the big board. Now my top five overall. 11 carries, 55 yards. More importantly, remaining heavily involved as a receiver. Six catches, 52 yards, and a score on the ground. Kind of becoming that Alvin Kamara light like we were predicting here in L.A. Loving this usage for him. Uh, and the more importantly, no other backs are seeing work. Justin Jackson had, what, two catches? Two touches? You know, Larry Roundtree doing nothing. And ultimately, Eckler's the one getting the goal line work. That's the important part here. So you love to see that for him. Gibson also a nice sign of life here. Yeah, 12 carries, 31 yards, gross. But that one catch for 73 yards reminded you of how good of a playmaker this guy is. We haven't seen those glimpses, but he just zipped through that entire defense, leaned out, dove for the pylon. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. He still remains in RB1. Uh, he saw 57% of the snaps compared to 46% for McKissick. That doesn't seem great until you consider Gibson's off 14 touches uh, compared to just five for J.D. McKissick. That was a big downturn for McKissick this last week. I think Gibson was kind of being punished for his fumble last week. He has a clear touch discrepancy, clear touch leader here. And then let's dive into the the Browns backfield. 10 carries, 81 yards, and a TD for not Chubb, but Kareem Hunt. Also saw 74 receiving yards on six of seven targets. Very nice day. He was out-snapped by Nick Chubb, 40-33. to So Chubb continues to be that main guy, but the 155 total yards, the 29-yard touchdown, Looking just great. It's one of those frustrating situations that you wish one of them would just go somewhere else. But given that they're both locked into long-term contracts there, you, you might not see it. Uh, Nick Chubb, though, you know, not a horrible day. 22 carries, 84 yards. But where he was locked in my top five, you know, moving Eckler ahead of him, bumping him down a bit because he saw so far 7.4% target share, then a 4.8% target share. And then week three, a robust 0%. Not what you want to see from your running backs at all for Nick Chubb there. In the receiving department, that was kind of the, the argument that Evan Silva and a lot of greats that came on the show made against him uh, when that when I was defending him. And I still love Nick Chubb. I'm not putting him down to you know the sub twenties or anything of that nature. Still by far a first rounder if you're drafted today, but just something to be be cognizant of the, the complete lack of receiving work. It's scary. It's frightening. And then we talk about the Lions running backs. I mean Jamal Williams, 12 carries, 42 yards, a TD, two catches, 25. To me, I get so many sit starts about Jamal. I think we're at the point where he's he's a locked in on running back too. This offense funnels through the running back position and usually TJ Hawkinson, but he disappeared this last week. Yeah, Swift still having a great day, 47 yards TD. More importantly, leading the team with seven receptions and 60 yards through the air. He's still going to be their centerpiece, as especially as a receiver, but Williams is a very good 1B here in this situation. It is interesting to note, though, Swift has more fantasy points per game right now than Nick Chubb. He's seen 23 targets compared to just three for, for Chubb. And that goes to show you, even though Swift only has one touchdown and Chubb has three, that's important note there. Uh, with three times the TDs, Swift is still scoring, uh, outscoring him in PPR leagues. So get that usage 
not the TDs. I love Swift. I think he's a buy low because people see the timeshare. It you know, sends them flying. You know, 56% of snaps for Swift and 49 for Jamal Williams, almost near even, right? Swift is so damn good on the touches he gets. Uh, he's clearly the Kamara light there from Dan Campbell coming over from the Saints, just like we were just saying um, with Austin Eckler. Great to see for Swift moving forward. I think it's going to be huge for his value. And again, Jamal Williams locked in as a running back too. And now the backfield that I've been on all this time, I'm going to continue to victory lap. And this is one that if you went on prediction strike, you could be a rich, rich man here. Corderell Patterson has seen his prediction strike price go up 85.3% since I tweeted about him three weeks ago. I wish I had put more money onto him. He certainly helped me a little bit so far, but he is just skyrocketing in terms of his usage, his output. This week, he didn't find the end zone, but it was still very encouraging that he saw seven carries for 20 yards. Eh, not that important, but the six catches for 82. Ooh, 28-yard screen in a key situation. They're dialing him up when it matters most right now. I think you can lock this guy in as an RB2 uh, moving forward. I really like what you're seeing here from Corderell Patterson. Comparatively, Davis did see more work, 12 carries for 50 yards, four receptions for 20 yards. He remains that more heavily involved guy, but the, the, let's look at these snap totals. Let's talk about some of these trends so far. Week one, 75%, then 64%, then 60% snaps for Mike Davis compared to Corderell Patterson snaps, 33%, 33%, and now 42%. Now it doesn't seem huge, but every little bit happens, you know, it matters with a running back as explosive as Corderell Patterson. More importantly, however, is probably the usage shares, not just the snaps, but Corderell goes from a 29.2% running back share, 6.1% of the targets, to then 38.9% in week two, 12.8% target share, to even more sexy, 36.8% rushing share, 19.4% target share. Clear, heavy usage coming for Corderell Patterson on a weekly basis, one of the best early season pickups you could have made. Uh, so hopefully you listened to me when I was talking to him. And again, one of the best investments, I think, on prediction strikes, still too low, in my opinion. Alvin Kamara seeing a career-high 24 carries against the Pats. 89 yards, you know, solid, but also getting 29 yards and a TD. 84% snap share, his third highest of the, his career. This guy is getting the workhorse role. Last week was so disappointing, and I kind of overreacted, knee-jerked. Oh, if the Saint offense is going to suck this bad, we have to bump him down. I, I was knee-jerking. It's Alvin Kamara in a role that he's never seen. Yeah, it's not going to be quite as efficient and sexy as when he had you know, Drew Brees throwing to him. But even still, this type of workload is going to, when it's a talent this good, going to yield quality results more often than it doesn't. So very encouraging usage for Alvin Kamara. And last two backfields I want to touch upon, Miles Gaskin did see by far the majority of the work. Uh, six targets, three catches, nine yards, eh, 13 carries, 65, a nice 5.0. Yards per clip didn't find the bat the, the end zone. That was Malcolm Brown. But I guess what was encouraging was Salvin Ahmed did not see a single touch on offense. This is becoming more of a two-headed backfield. That would be big for Gaskin's outlook as a, a fringe flex player. It's a gross offense, especially with Brissett leading the, the back here. But even so, uh Gaskin in the better matchups could be a decent flex moving forward with that type of work. And last backfield, we got to talk about yeah, Peyton Barber. These are Oakland. Uh, not Oakland anymore. There's LA, LA Raiders, L, Las Vegas, LV, Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, folks. Uh, seeing 57% of the snaps compared to 43% for Kenyon Drake. More importantly, though, 23 carries. The absolute horse in terms of ground share, 111 yards, 101 of them 
coming after contact. It was like an actually good performance from a guy that we've all come to hate. The way he sounds, smells, tastes disgusting, right? But that type of after contact performance is impressive. Never mind the fact that he also had 31 yards through the air on three catches. His 26 touches only trailed Kamara, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, and Alex Madison. I mean, that's pretty damn good company to be a part of. Uh, You know, Josh Jacobs should be back, and this could end up flipping. But even still, encouraging performance, and Barber will be one of the better wave wire pickups, especially with the Chargers who are giving up among the most fantasy points to running backs on deck coming up. So let's move on to wide receivers, folks. Again, 22 questions. Love to see it. Get those thumbs up in, likes, shares, retweets, all that good stuff uh, to help us grow. And again, reminder, Prediction Strike is presenting this show. You can see their logo up there at the top. And it's a great way to take this advice, make it more actionable, make some real money off some of these trends that we're seeing here, this usage report uh, that we're diving into. But let's talk about wide receivers. And I just want to go down the list of the the wide receiver target leaders here. And, And just to further the argument of why you need to go running backs early. Devontae Adams, 18. Okay. First rounder. That was a no brainer. We knew it. Chase Claypool, 15 targets. Jacoby Myers, 14 targets. Cole Beasley, 13 targets. Jalen Waddle, 13 targets. Cooper Cup, 12 targets. And the most fantasy points besides Mike Williams this week, another beast we're going to talk about. DJ Moore, 12 targets. Keenan Allen, 12 targets. Mike Gusecki, 12 targets. Tight end. Okay. Michael Pittman, 12 targets. We'll get the tight end. Don't worry. Gusecki will be there. And Brandon Cooks, 11. When you look at that list, well over half of it you could have had beyond round eight. All but Devontae Adams went after round four. Cooper Cup, I guess, and DJ Moore round four-ish targets. Further proof that you need to load up on these running backs because volume is so much more abundant late for the wide receiver position compared to the running back position. Of course, we got to talk about Cooper Cup. I mean, 30% team's target share through three games. He's the only joined by Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, and DJ Moore in that field. Pretty impressive list, especially Cooks and DJ Moore looking like two of the better values of the year right now. And you also had 25% target share in all three games for Cooper Cup, for Mike Williams, and also Sammy Watkins, an intriguing pickup there. But let's dive into some specific names. We talked about King Adams at the top, 12 catches on 18 targets, 132 at a TD. Rodgers is looking back. He's looking motor. You saw the way he celebrated that field goal. Great to see for all you Devontae Adams managers out there. Uh, Love to see this type of performance there. Could have had another touchdown too. Could have been an even bigger day, but we're not going to get greedy. And again, Cooper Cup, that breakfast narrative, seeing 93% of the routes, he is the every down alpha. There was no question. We've been saying that since week one, the way he was used, the fact that he had breakfast every day, the breakfast club narrative might be my favorite of all. And it's clear it's worked out. Him and, and Stafford have an insane rapport. One of those guys that if you had invested in the preseason on Prediction Strike, your money will be going through the roof with him. He is a monster. The wide receiver one in fantasy football, another two-touchdown day. Great performance here from Cooper Cup. But what this is kind of segueing into is what is going on with Robert Woods? He's now ranked the wide receiver 46, wide receiver 44, and wide receiver 61 through these last uh, opening three weeks. Most people, and admittedly and embarrassingly, myself included, were taking Robert Woods ahead of Cooper Cup this preseason. I don't know that he's a buy low. I know a lot of people are emphasizing this guy as a buy low. I get it. He's one of these steadier fantasy products of the last four seasons, but it seems like this offense, especially with you know Stafford, just seems completely different with Robert Woods' usage. In fact, we saw 
know, more fantasy points from Van Jefferson. And then, of course, Deshaun Jackson also getting deep for 120 in a TD. It's other than Cooper Cup, I think it's going to be tough to trust Woods on a weekly basis. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he rebounds because I own him almost everywhere. But damn, I'd be looking so pretty in a lot of best balls if I had changed that Robert Wood share to Cooper Cup. I would do anything to be able to do that. We also saw Michael Pittman back-to-back 12 target weeks. This week only hauling in six for 68. But encouraging nonetheless that he's seeing this many targets in back-to-back weeks. He's gone from 11.4 target share to now 35.3 to 33.3% target share over these last few weeks. It continues to be a huge opportunity with T.Y. Hilton gone, and I imagine this will continue even when he, he comes back. And Rondo Mayo, the, the sweetheart, the darling of last week's waiver wire, someone I was printing out to go get. Very discouraging to see just one target, one yard. Oh, God, couldn't be worse than that. We saw A.J. Green, five catches, 112. Christian Kirk, seven for 104. It's going to be tough to project this offense from a week-to-week basis. It was looking like they had like eight plays in the book dialed up for more on a week-to-week basis, but maybe not. I would rather have Christian Kirk at this point than Rondell Moore for the rest of the season. The big board reflects that. Uh, he's got way more air yards and end zone targets. Yeah, I get Rondell, you know, future in Dynasty, one of the best dashes you could have. He still looks electric, but you're going to get games like this where he completely disappears. So very discouraging. Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins, am I freaking out? No. Three catches on six targets, 21 yards. They didn't need him. It was the Jags. He's banged up. They kind of let this guy have a breather, even though he played most of the snaps. Let's not get him hit. Let's not get him hurt. Let's let's keep him going. Um, so that was that was important to note. Brandon Ayuk. Sighting here, folks. Four catches on six targets, 37 yards and a TD. Not a monster day, but you got to be breathing a huge sigh of relief if you've been patient, you've been holding on to him, or if you try to buy low. I still think you could try to buy low because there's going to be some explosion weeks coming. He looked good. He looked explosive. He was leaping out the air like we're used to. 90% route participation. Great stuff to see. Everything is trending up, in my opinion, for Brandon Ayuk, especially when Trey Lance takes over with that cannon deep arm. I, I really think... Now is the time. You, you see that he's not – Trent Sherfield, 4% route participation, right? That's what you want to see. Rather than this being a near-even split after these last couple of weeks, great to see Ayuk. Good celebration to have if you're owning him because it's only uphill, I think, from here. Marvin Jones continues to pace the Jags. Once again, in catches, six targets, eight yards, 62. Not a monster day, but a guy that's going to be a dependable wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver two. Moving forward, 24.6% target share compared to 19.3% DJ Chark and 17.5% for LaVisca Chenault. I was projecting this one all wrong, thinking Chenault was the guy to own. I did like Marvin Jones and his value too. I own both of them in a lot of leagues. Chenault's looking almost cuttable at this point, whereas Jones is a clear-cut every-week starter moving forward on a team that is always going to have to chuck because of how bad they are. Meanwhile, as we mentioned, Sammy Watkins, 25% target share all three weeks this season, four catches, on seven targets, 68 yards. I mean, mediocre, not a huge stat line, but very involved. Now, granted, Rashad Bateman is practicing this week, eligible to come off the IR. We don't know exactly how he's going to look. Will obviously impact Sammy Watkins if Bateman's looking good, but just worth noting how valuable Watkins has been. Certainly someone that you want to hang on to. Jamar Chase, again, two touchdowns, 65 yards, unguardable in the red zone, and Burrow clearly locking into his guy from LSU. When he gets out there, yeah. Granted, Diegas was out, and that's going to be you know a big mouth to feed on a week to week basis. Tyler Boyd also saw more targets, seeing seven of them, but it was Chase making the big plays, getting open in the red zone. I think he's locked and loaded as a high end wide receiver too, with low end 
weekly wide receiver one upside. Myers, Jacoby Myers, we mentioned him at the top when we were talking about all the leading target shares. He gets nine uh, catches on 14 freaking targets, 94 yards. This kind of highlights the, the upside and the downside. When they're down, they need to chuck. He is the slot receiver. He's the Edelman chain-moving possession guy. But he doesn't score. So fantasy-wise, like nine for 94, great in PPR leagues. You got to love a game like that. But in half, and especially in standard, like is this really that valuable? Can you force him into your lineups every week? Of course, nine for 94 is valuable. But on the days where they don't have to chuck it quite as much, is that going to be as promising? Of course, next week facing Tom Brady and the Bucks, they're going to need to boot two points. So you can trust Myers on weeks like that. Uh, but still, it's just like the unsexiest high-volume role in the NFL right now. Tyree Kill, what is going on? Five catches, seven targets, 56 yards. Back-to-back quiet efforts following a 40-point week one. I still think buy low all day if anyone's panicking over this. They, they're going to figure it out. I get that teams, maybe there's this blueprint for stopping Tyree Kill and slowing down the Chiefs' offense. Other people do need to step up. I don't think this is going to continue at nearly the rate of him getting shut out these last couple of weeks. He had two good corners in back-to-back weeks, just shut, shutting him down with safety help over the top. I'd be buying low everywhere on Tyree Kill if people are freaking out. We'll drop him. You know, he was my number one receiver on the board. He goes below Adams, you know, after an 18 target day for Devontae Adams. He's back to the king spot, no doubt. Maybe Cooper Cup rises above Tyree Kill. <laughs> Can't believe those words just came out of my mouth and they're true. But still, it's Tyree Kill. He's going to explode sooner than later, probably as early as next week against the bad Eagles secondary. Another good buy low at the receiver position. Stephon Diggs, a first rounder that has not yielded a single wide receiver one performance yet. Not even a top 24, not even a wide receiver two performance yet this year. Yet he's still seen 28% of targets, 27% and 23% these last few weeks. The difference is the lack of conversions on these 15 plus air yard targets. One catch on eight of his targets at through three weeks. At this time last year, Stefan Diggs had seen seven catches on seven of such targets of 15 plus air yards through three weeks. So they're not converting at that high of rate. Emmanuel Sanders is also proving to be a fantastic number two there right now. Cole Beasley still a chain moving monster. It, it seems to me Diggs's role is going to be less consistent, far less consistent even than what it was last year. But I still think this is the, the lowest we're going to see his value. I think he has a, a big explosion game coming forward. Mike Williams, uh, maybe we should have started with this guy. Seven catches, nine targets, 122 and two TDs, over 30 fantasy points. Right now, the wide receiver one for week three, the wide receiver two in fantasy football so far, has 23, 23, 33 fantasy points across his first three games. How can you not believe at this point? I don't think anybody does it, doubts it anymore. This was a guy, this is probably our best call of 2021, saying the, you know, we bought in to the fact that he could be the Mike Thomas. You know, we did think Keenan Allen's still the main guy here, though the one that you want to own, but Mike Williams could see eight to, to 12 targets, higher percentage looks as Joe Lombardi raved about it. I didn't see it being this valuable to the point that he might even be ranked ahead of Keenan Allen moving forward on, on weekly rankings. Just an absolute monster. It's crazy to see, you know, you don't typically see around year five breakout, but he nothing about his games looked flukish. And we've always seen the big plays and these catches that like only a handful of people can make in the NFL. But now that they're using him in a higher volume, that again, that X role that they compared him to Mike Thomas for, he's playing like Mike Thomas right now. That's insane. It's awesome. 
probably will taper off a little bit, but I don't think it's something that you're, you should be selling. This isn't a sell high. This is a hold. And if you can get shares for, for cheap right now, I would be looking to do so. We mentioned Manny Sanders. Solid day, 94 yards, two scores. Very solid day. Six targets and five catches. Looking like one of the best guys that's still out there in over half a leagues for you to go and scream and pick up. But Beasley is also heavily involved. The most targets pacing the team with 13, 11 catches, 98 yards, a PPR monster. Again, a reason to be a little bit lower on Diggs. Still great by low, in my opinion, is the fact that these two are looking fantastic uh, in this offense. But more so just, again, we talked about Josh out at the top. These guys are back and cooking. Uh, so it's great to see. I did want to highlight Marquise Brown. Three <laughs> catches on seven targets, three dropped touchdowns, though. He had an expected fantasy points of over 35 dropped. So, I mean, his expected fantasy points might total be like 50, given he dropped 35 expected points. And none of them were hard catches. Drops aren't typically sticky. I don't think this is going to be something that carries forward week to week. But Bateman's going to be back soon. Um, uh, he's roasting. The more important thing was how wide open he was. He There's not a coverage that is holding him in right now, who's been among the biggest risers in the rest of the season, big board all year. I would see if you can get him, you know, if his owner's pissed off about the drops and fuming and the fact that they should have won their week, I would be tossing in some buy lows on Marquise Brown for sure. I did want to mention to AJ Brown, is there a bigger bust at this point, especially at the wide receiver position? Granted, an injury, you know, what can you do? But he hasn't looked like he's playing 100% all year, and now he's week to week with a strained hamstring. You know, as a lot of buy low advice out there for him, and it made sense given how talented this guy is. At this point, it looks like you'd be buying into a bad, just broken season. You get that kind of vibe from it. At least I do. Not a guy I'm targeting anymore. Um, I- I'm avoiding him pretty much at all costs at this point. So AJ Brown, if you can sell him for any type of value. I would, I would sell low. I would sell and get what I can at this point. Did want to mention Marquez Callaway, 41 yards and a TD on five targets. Like seems like a promising mini breakout game, but none of the Saints receivers ran a route on or more than 60% of the pass plays. He was, you know, nobody saw more than 50 yards other than Kamara. Uh, it's just a gross situation. The touchdown was like one of the flukiest should have been picked off gross throws from Jameis Winston. So I'm not buying that. Didn't love what I saw over there from um, from Marquez Callaway. So I'll be selling that performance for sure. We also had Henry Ruggs though. You know, seven targets, four catches, 78 yards. But what I really liked, aligning in the backfield, you know, getting peppered downfield, hauling in a, you know, uh, 16-yard catch and run, going over people. He's looking more complete. This is a guy that's coming along as a wide receiver here. And yeah, Brian Edwards, 89 yards that led the team. Ruggs and Darren Waller paced the team with targets. Uh, and Ruggs had more yards than him. So a little bit of a concern for Waller moving forward, the fact that these guys are looking as good as they are. And I think Ruggs has some promising wide receiver three appeal moving forward. Target hog, though, Jalen Waddle. 13 targets, 12 catches, 58 yards. You know, d- disgusting efficiency, useless in that sense. But the 13 targets is what you're drawn to, especially because Will Fuller was playing this game. Now, granted, Jacoby Brissett's the QB. I don't think that, you know, you got to look at Tua's games and all that stuff. But the fact that they were dialing them him up as much, even with Fuller, even with Parker active, was very encouraging. So I, I think he's got to be in your lineups every single week moving forward, given the workload that Jalen Waddell is seeing. Guy that you could bench him for uh, or bench 
you know, for Jalen Waddle, rather, a guy that I don't really want to play. I guess he gets Detroit this week, but holy crap, Allen Robinson, what is happening here? Two catches, 27 yards. What an awful third-round pick right now. I was all in. I, I thought this guy was, you know, he hasn't finished below the wide receiver eight because he's been in Chicago. Now he's supposed to get the best quarterback of his career, whether it's Dalton, whether it's Fields. Now I'm sitting here begging. It was Trubisky throwing him the rock, chucking it up, and making sure this guy got fed. I guess he has a 25.3% target share, but similar to Montgomery, does it matter in an offense that is as anemic and pathetic as the Bears right now? 47 total yards of offense? Just disgusting. Six completions on the afternoon? I don't think you can trust him until we see any type of life from this attack. One of the biggest fallers moving forward. He hasn't finished above the wide receiver 49 in a single week. Just embarrassing. Disgusting. And, and on that note, Darnell Mooney, you know, one catch, nine yards. He can't be started. He had a 48. He drew some nice pass interference to drive them. That's the biggest play they had all day. It was a pass interference. But still, uh, maybe cuttable at this point, Darnell Mooney, uh, given how bad this offense looks. If you cut him, you know, maybe you look at Colin Johnson, four catches, 51 yards, given the injuries to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay and Evan Ingram being banged up. Colin Johnson, who was kind of a darling over there with the Jags, big body, looking solid. He might end up being their leading target these next couple of weeks if those injuries persist. So I wanted to shout him out. He'll be featured on the waiver wire show. Another target hog goes second in wide receiver targets this week was Chase Claypool, 15 of them. Again, Deontay Johnson out. Uh, you know, Juju lifted, leaving very early. It was all Harris, 19 targets, and Claypool, 15. He hauls in nine of them for 96 yards, so it wasn't like that That great. You see 15 targets, you should probably have a better day than this. Uh, he also got hurt. He was limping around a bit, but worthwhile, uh, you know, in terms of bumping up that value if these guys remain hurt. It's something to, to consider for sure. One guy I, I probably should have started with at the top is Odell Beckham. Only played 64% of the snaps, but he still put up nine targets, almost a 30% target share, five catches, 77 yards, and more importantly, just passing the eyeball test. Looking fantastic. A guy that I would be going out to get every single place I could. He looks like he's ready for another one of those 150, two TD days exploding in the near future. I would lock him into my lineups moving forward. I think the snaps, again, he did this damage on only 64% of the snaps. I think moving forward, you see those numbers continue to climb, as will the stats following them. So I love that performance. Last but not least, well, yeah, at last and least, KJ Osborne, 26 yards, two targets, getting outplayed and out-targeted by Tyler freaking Conklin. Ugh, embarrassing. Let's wrap up with a handful of tight ends, just five guys I want to breeze through real quick. And then we're on to your 36 questions. Like to get to, you know, 50 or so in that mailbag. So get them on in, Wolfpack. We'll get to all of those. Again, your likes, shares, retweets are so appreciated because I don't know what's going on with Twitter, but it's not sharing this out anymore. Uh, so any help there, getting us found by more people would be greatly appreciated. Let's go on to these tight ends and wrap these up quickly so we can get to your questions. Mark Andrews, five catches on seven targets, so 109 yards. Nice to see him go from 17% target share to 20% to now 25.9% across these last few weeks. 41-yarder, nice deep gash down the seams there. Great to see this guy evolving back to that wide receiver one upside that we're so used to seeing from him every week. Meanwhile, Adam Trotman, no catches week three. I don't know why people are still holding on to him. It makes no sense to me. More concerning, though, Kyle Pitts, this guy, the, the phenom product that could never be stopped. No one was going to be better. He's going to smash the rookie receiving yardage, right? 35 yards on two catches. Woo. A complete afterthought in this awful Falcons attack. I'm, I'm worried. I am very worried. There's a lot of tight ends I'd rather have than Kyle Pitts at this point. 
maybe he'll, you know, it's a rookie tight end. We know how hard it is for rookie tight ends to translate, especially immediately. But this guy was supposed to be the, the athletic freak to supersede that. He just doesn't have the QB play or the play calling to do it right now. And he just hasn't been doing anything that, that promising himself. We just keep making excuses for him. I, I'm not anymore. Dawson Knox, four catches, five targets, 49 and a TD. Quality, quality tight end pickup. Um, touchdowns in two of his three games so far. I think that continues. They, they were working on that report all offseason. Nice to see Kittle. Nine targets, seven catches, 92 yards. Welcome to the 2021 season, George Kittle. Great stuff. After he'd only seen 17 yards on four catches last week. Hasn't found the end zone, and that's kind of the par for the course for him. He's only scored five touchdowns across his career. But it was nice to see the target chair bump up, the, the route participation bump up, all good stuff, especially against Mike, Mike Gusecki. That's a guy that leaped into the, the equation zero in week one, now back up to 12 targets, 10 catches, 86 yards in that overtime game. Uh, a big, humongous fourth and 20, uh, caught a 27-yarder to move the chains and get them close to tie you know, to tie the game. Ultimately, they didn't win it because of him. Uh, not because of him, but uh, they didn't. They, the Raiders got the ball back and ended up scoring again. Uh, but the Dolphins, you know, do you sell it at this point with Jalen Waddle seeing 13 targets with Fuller rounding into shape? Maybe, but at this point, you know, what tight ends are out there that seeing 12 target days? Jacoby Brissett loves him for however long he's going to be the QB. We did see a huge game, as we mentioned with Osborne from Tyler Conklin, eight targets, seven catches, 70 and a TD. I think it's going to be, you know, one or the other every week's going to have a decent day and you're never going to know who it is. So it's a pretty big headache. But at this point at tight ends, you know, there's only about eight to, to 10 guys that are weekly more dependable than something of that nature. So Conklin, at least wear the pickup if you're tight end needy. Tyler Higby back after a pathetic paltry one catch eight yard week two. He sees five targets, 40 yards, and a score. Back to Stafford's boy, back to our hearts. <laughs> and last but not least, a big trade, huge trade. Dan Arnold <laughs> going to the Jags. Some usage actually available there for him. There's really no tight end to write home about there. He is athletic, could easily carve out a role. This also opens the door for maybe Tommy Tremble. Scoring a seven-yard rushing touchdown, had a 30-yard catch as well. And a team that's devoid of their weapons right now with well, not devoid of weaponry. They have tons of great receivers, but Christian McCaffrey, big target share opened up by him. And you know, Ian Rapsheet, who excuse me, compared your Matt Rule said Tommy Tremble was this year's Jeremy Chin in terms of rat, rat, just an insane value they weren't expecting, and that's going to break out in a huge way. Now getting the right praise from the right people and showing up pretty big uh, this last week. So just important to note there. Already wolf back. In terms of injuries, we'll, we'll just rip through the fact that Quentin Nelson, day-to-day -day with an ankle injury, that's better than what it was looking like. Juju Smith-Schuster, also day-to-day -day with some bruised ribs. He's always tips, typically guts these out. James White left with a hip injury. It did not look good. It seems like the IR is the most likely spot for him to miss multiple weeks, potentially cuttable at that. A.J. Brown week-to-week, -week, as we said, at the top with his hamstring. Just a nightmare season for this guy, looking more and more like one of the bigger busts for Julio Jones. He's going to have to rise pretty big in the rest of the season, big board in his absence. Right as Shepard becomes the target hog, he, his hamstring falters on him, as did Darius Slayton. Both were ruled out. Colin Johnson might be the actionable move there. We'll find out tomorrow on the waiver wire show. Rob Gronkowski also did leave the game, but did return. Uh, it had an okay 55 yards or so. Not, not the two touchdown days we've become used to at this point, but good to see that he was back on the field. Yeah, Bateman returning to practice this week. Well worth the stash. He's out there in 14% of leagues right now. Certainly, especially if you have the IR spot. 
go get this guy, stash him until he's activated, and let's see what he does. This offense is throwing the ball much better than they have in years past. McCaffrey, the biggest injury of the week. He won't be on injured reserve, though. That's huge news. Looked like it could be anything from a grade one, like three to four week injury to a grade two, six to eight. And we get the fact that it's less than a grade one. Uh, so that's that's great. You know, maybe misses two weeks or so. But the fact that they didn't put him on the IR is great to know. KJ Arm uh, Hamler, awful news. Torn ACL as he was flashing some real upside down the field. Ugh, tough, tough news for him. Prayers up for a speedy recovery. And then some one last line, Teron Armstead is going to miss several weeks for this already kind of low-powered Saints attack. Yeah, they just smoked our Patriots. I get it, but they're not – that's just going to be troublesome for James Winston being under more pressure, maybe more picks, so something to note there. All righty, guys. Let's dive on in to your questions. Again, the show is presented by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock exchange. You're listening to the show. You love sports. You're getting all the stats. You need to know the usage trends. So go check all these guys out at predictionstrike.com where they have an iOS app. Start making some money off these trends. Use our trade value chart, our buy low, sell high, all at rotostreetjournal.com to get there. And again, just the thumbs up button will help us get out to more people as we get to your questions. What up, Mitch Chavez? What up, Charlie Preble? Great to see you guys. Thank you, Mitch. I did have a great weekend. It was absolutely awesome. Celebrate my guy, Doyle. I've seen all my college buddies. I appreciate it. Let's fucking go, DiLorenzo. I agree. Great cookies today, by the way. Giuseppe, Wolf, need this win. Just need Miles Sanders to get 12 points. It's half PPR. I think you got a really, really good shot there, Giuseppe. Um, it's a good matchup against Dallas. Don't want to promise it to you, but I think he finds the end zone at least once, if not twice. Starting Sermon, Carter, and Davis, I only lost by 20 thanks to Michael Williams. He's a beast. So, Schneider, I know that's a disappointing performance, but – the fact that you have Mike Williams should hopefully soften that blow. Great weekend of football. Double win for my man, Seamus. I love to hear it. Uh, Cooper can get a few points. Oh, well, don't, you know, he's prone to disappearing and getting hurt. So, you know, knock on that wood, Seamus. Don't premature pick your wins here. But you should be able to get that from, from Cooper. But sadly, you know, you can go from 16 targets one day to disappearing the next. So knock on that wood, Seamus. Mitch, Najee, Allen, Adams were huge. They absolutely were. What a big team for you. Nagy can absolutely go into the trash can, Mike Clay. I absolutely hate him for what he did to Justin Fields. Would you trade for Julio? Uh, for Herbert? I have CD, Deontay, Johnson, Ayuk. I don't think so, Preble. And unless you're really desperate, if it's a 2 QB league, maybe. But Julio, especially with A.J. Brown going to be week to week now, uh, less exciting uh, to get Herbert for him. I, I think Julio could be a target monster these next few weeks. Can't wait. I agree 100%, Mike Clay, for Trey to take over. Jimmy, those 49ers are going to be unstoppable. He must just be a little bit too green for not putting him in yet because that offense is going to hum when he gets in there. I can't wait to see it. You need Lamb to go nuclear. How nuclear, brother? How much do you need? Let me know. Uh, you might be able to get that, though. What up, Dylan? Great to see you. Up 30. You have Hertz left. Your opponent has Zeke and Sanders. You should be good. Absolutely. You know, I'd give that like a 95% to 5% chance of you winning. So good luck tonight. I hope you get it. Steelers offense may be bottom five in football. Najee getting that McKissick check down. Yeah, and that's like the the curse and the blessing here, right? He's going to get that low, just upside volume, but it's volume. And volume is volume is volume. It's gross. It's fast food <laughs> in this scenario. It is going to suck that these touchdowns aren't going to happen very often for this guy, though. Big Ben just looks atrocious. So it was like a positive in that sense and a negative in that sense, too. Hassan, double-edged sword, as we like to say. 
He did call that CEH, and especially Mitch, after he fumbled it again, I was shocked they stayed with him, to be honest. I was terrified uh, that, that we wouldn't see him again. So, yeah. John, at what point does Javante uh, take over? The fumble has to set him back. It does. Very unfortunate to see. That was one of the bigger concerns coming in with him. I don't think it will set him back too, too much. But, yeah, especially after he looked so good with the early touchdown and he breaking tackles at a ridiculous rate. Too bad to see. I, I'll give it another three, four weeks till we really see a breakout. What's up, Wolf? Good to see you, Ben. Uh, hope the weekend is awesome. Is Mike Williams a sell-high candidate? No. I think he keeps this up. I, I have to see no reason to doubt this. They talked about him being the Michael Thomas role. He's thriving in the Michael Thomas role. He's going to continue doing so all year. Um, great you have Ayuk stash, but no. Unless you can get a, a King's Ransom for Mike Williams, and I don't think you can. I don't think people are going to believe it, but you should. I'd be buying low. I'd be trying to get him for people. I, I still think people are going to disrespect what he, he's been doing. Would you trade Renfro for Hines in a PPR, especially if you need the running back? Yeah, I can't see myself ever putting Renfro in there. Uh, Dylan Adams, it depends on if you need a receiver. So yeah, it especially depends on your needs. But yes, I would I would go for Renfro. I mean, I would go for Hines. My running backs are Chubb, Gibson, Javante, Latavius. Wide receivers are AJB, Keenan, Boyd, Renfro, MT, and Cephas. Well, that makes it tricky because AJB, you're probably going to be out, out for a while. To me, I think your running backs might be your strength there. Love me some Mike Williams. I sure do as well, Adrian. He has been an absolute monster all year. Rico Baptiste, thoughts on Gainwell? Explosive talent, gets a lot of the inside the 20 work, so useful guy, especially if anything ever happened to Miles Sanders. He's the classic guy like tonight. You know, if you have somebody that's hurt or a useless performer on your bench and you just want to cut and stash, like if Gainwell's out there, one of the perfect guys to just stash before the game tonight in case some tragedy befalls. You know, Chuba Hubbard on Thursday, that, that type of, you know, potential upside to leap for the next few weeks. So I would be stashing him everywhere if you had trash to cut. Rico Baptiste. Berkey, should I trade A-Rob and Gibson for Hopkins and Jacobs? <sighs> Jacobs is useless. I, I would like to move at A-Rob. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think he's a buy low. I think he, you know, if you can get something for him, you do it. But I don't like Jacobs at all. Like, he's useless to me. So you're essentially doing A-Rob and Gibson for Hopkins, and that's just a little too much, in my opinion. Yeah, he finds the end zone, Michael Schneider. If, if Myers does, he's going to be a monster. Zach Wilson needs to take a uh, leaf out of the breakfast club narrative. Yeah, just exactly. Anybody, right, Twin? Uh, seriously. Go have some breakfast with Elijah Moore for my, my shares and everything I own with him. <laughs> the breakfast club narrative is one of my favorites. Landon Evan, thoughts on Bateman? Worth stashing, absolutely. Was compared to Stefan Diggs, the, a type of possession receiver they don't really have right now. We'll see if he actually lives up to that. I, I wouldn't be shocked in a low-volume pass attack if he's just not consistent enough for you to ever really depend on, but... If you have something to, to cut, yes, absolutely stash it. You need 40 from Hertz, Denny Jennings. That's a lot, my man. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be getting that. 400 passing, 100. Yeah, you're wishful thinking, brother. The Cowboys do suck. Hey, Jeremiah, I love this. I love you guys' rivalry in the comments. It's one of my favorite things every week. Hertz ain't doing nothing. This will be the Zeke coming out party. I love it. Just keep, keep going back and forth, please, for me. What do I do with Trey Sermon in the end? Got the touchdown, led the way, but Kyle Juszczyk seeing almost half you know, his similar workload is pretty scary. I think you hold, you hold though. Let's see what happens. Uh, I don't love Mitchell. I think he, you know, Sermon longer term, I'd prefer over Mitchell, but it's, I like Jeff Wilson down the stretch. So it's not great in the end, but let's see what happens. You know, it wasn't a, a desperation play. It, as Rico says, I say hold him too. 
I hope uh, for my own fantasy sake is Jeremiah. Got a 12-point lead at the moment, but my opponent has Hurts. I still have Zeke to play. That's going to be a, a battle. It's going to come down to the wire for you, Jeremiah. Phil's had an incredible first career start. <laughs> Definitely going to start him next week. Yeah, seriously. What a trash, trash performance. Worse from a play-calling perspective, in my opinion, than a non-field performance. But Fields didn't do much to, to inspire confidence either. What up? Hope the weekend. Oh, yeah, this was uh, – it was great, Ben. Thank you. Great to see you, man. Uh, panic on Ridley and Allen Robinson. I'd panic on Robinson more than Ridley. Not panicking on Ridley yet. He's been okay. He's been fine. I'd sell if you can get good value on either, though. Neither of them are must-holds for me. Craig, half-point PPR. You're up 11. He has Cooper not loving your chances. I wouldn't be either. I put it about 65-35, your opponent. But as I was saying at the top, Cooper, in terms of injury, in terms of just disappearing acts – it's not impossible for you by any means. Love to hear that one for you, Ben. Five and zero. Oh, as long as Zerlin doesn't get twenty five, I, I think that's yeah, pretty damn solid, brother. Hey, you know, listen to the Wolf people. I, I wish I was going five and zero, oh, man. I wish I had that, that type of luck. I'm glad at least I'm helping you get there. Myself, I had one of my better weeks, so I think I'm gonna go like four and two or so, uh, five and three rather, um, or five and two, seven leagues total. So not bad. It depends on what happens tonight, though. I could go four and three, could be five and two. We'll see. Do you think Johnu will have any value? He looks crap, Twin. Not going to lie. You know, Hunter Henry ran more routes than him. I don't really want any of these guys. Uh, I don't think he's going to be semi-productive. I, I would say, you know, let me know what tight ends are out there. There's not much. It's it, it's a after the top eight to ten, but maybe Conklin, you know, those seven catches for, for 70 yards, you know, maybe or maybe that's something. But, yeah, it's not, it's not a position. I've seen Gusecki cut in a lot of places. Dawson Knox we talked about. If you're just going for a, a touchdown or bust, like go for the guy in the Bills offense that scored two out of three games. Those are a couple of names for you, Twin. Got wide receiver problems, Jeremiah. Uh, you start three and you got Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, Scary Terry. Ooh, shouldn't be as big of a problem as it is, but that is not looking great. Any wide receivers you'd be targeting on waiver wire? Ah, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, Jeremiah. I got my show tomorrow, as you, you know, my man. Uh, so tune in at 7 p.m. tomorrow. And I'll give you some better uh, waiver wire advice at the wide receiver position. Um, about 32 points against CD and Zeke. Projected to be 0.2 head-to-head finish. Yeah, that's going to be a close one, DiLorenzo. I'd put that right around 50-50 there uh, for sure. Rugs Renfro, MVS. I'd rather own Rugs there, Jeremiah. A higher upside, in my opinion. Uh, but though, any of those guys are intriguing in my things. You need like 30. I forget what that that's for, Preble, my bad. I answer a lot of questions here. I can't remember your, your question from 40 ago. Uh, sorry for the double up. You're all good, Ben. I know you didn't do that on purpose. Uh, you're good. Go birds. Yes, Mike Clay, go birds. Uh, I don't really care, that's to be honest. But I like you, so I'll root for your team. But I love Jeremiah, too. So I just want a good game. I want fantasy points for my players. That's all I care about today. Do you work on any dynasty content? I've really enjoyed your stuff here the last few weeks. So, Twin, I'm getting into it. I, I We just started our first dynasty league for Rotor Street but I can't sit here and say I'm an expert by any means. I, I have a dynasty big board that I have not been good about updating. Um, There's just way too much redraft need and questions we get from week to week, but this off season, I'm going to really hit the dynasty hard um, and try to get, get going on that down five, have Dak. He has Devonta. That'll be a battle, but I like your chances there. Mike Clay, I put that like 70, 30. Every time Dak gets sacked, I'm doing a shot of tequila. <laughs> I already took off work. I love it. Denny. Good stuff. Great mindset. You're a legend. Wolfpack legend. Uh, Denny James, think of me and laugh every time Dak gets sacked. <laughs> I love it. I love the interactions between all you guys. Wolfpack, thank you again so much for being here. One last time to pump prediction strike the world's 
first sports stock exchange, easy money. I mean, Cordero Passion, again, my primest example, 85% price value increase. If you had listened to me put like 100 bucks on him, you're looking at 8,500 right now on the stock exchange. So the, these blowups are possible. You can make some big swings and you can also just nice and steady. You listen to Mike Williams, you'd be up 40% on your investment preseason wise. Cooper Cup, I loved, but not quite as much as he is doing right now. Wish I had been getting in there. Check out Prediction Strike. It's awesome stuff. It also reps the power of the pack if you do it as well. I actually kind of need to get a, a code for you guys. Um, so let me get, make sure that gets generated as well. But Wolfpack, again, thank you so much for being here. All our content at RoadStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves in a world full of fantasy sheep, guys. Be that wolf. Best of luck tonight. Get what you need. We'll see you tomorrow for Wave Wires at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.